Section 56 of Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tatiana Chichilla, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts by David Alec Wilson. Charlie Darwin, or the Lady Gibbon. Part 10. Where Civilization Began. But where had Charlie learned that equality is equity, a rule that has been found beyond the grasp of a common-minded chancellor? Surely in the family circle. Her whole character, and, in particular, the readiness to imitate, upon which I do not dwell only because everybody knows that kind of thing was that of one who had inherited family instincts, whose ancestors had lived in families for immemorial generations. The habits of living species are slowly modified in the lapse of millenniums, and we were not teaching Charlie tricks, but letting her develop naturally and observing her. The mention of imitation reminds me that Charlie could handle my wife's hand mirror as well as any lady, but the first sight of it raised hopes that were disappointed. She was seen to be moving it back and forward with one hand, while with the other she was groping behind it, until at last she was satisfied that there was no other gibbon there. The great life sorrow of Charlie was that she never saw another like herself again. It was pathetic to see her looking in the mirror, and then at other inmates of the house, as if asking herself, why am I so different? She was like Robinson Crusoe, without a chance of deliverance, or she might be compared to Gulliver among the giants. Though in proportion not so small as he was, she was too small to feel at home or among equals, and for animals as for men to be weak is to be miserable, and strength and weakness are largely matters of comparison. We petted her so that she did not feel that much, and though nothing could supply the lack of kindred beings, the lapse of time benumbed the pain, and she was consoled. Reader, if thou an oft-told tale wilt trust— Thou'lt gladly do and suffer what thou must. One of the best-known bits of English literature is the sentence which keeps the memory of old Hobbes green, his fancy picture of a state of nature. No arts, no letters, no society, and which is worst of all, especially for the philosophers, continual fear and danger of violent death, and the life of man solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short. The great mistake in this nightmare description is the supposition that men were ever solitary by natural habits. Never, never, O oh Hobbes, since men began to be, never but in artificial conglomerations defying the laws of nature, and dying in consequence, never did men and women stand alone. Individualism in its extreme form is actual insanity. In moderate forms it has always been common. It fills our jails today. It is almost universal among the cat tribes, but wherever and whenever it spreads among men it leads to death. The most primitive of human creatures ever known to maintain themselves have been found to live in families. The human apes, nay, the very baboons, do likewise. So it is contrary to science or sifted common sense to think of our arboreal ancestors as solitaries. What probably misled Hobbes was the remark of Tacitus in his Germany that the Germans, who may have seemed to Hobbes, as to a great French historian, the last arrived of the barbarians, lived scattered apart just as a spring, a meadow, or a wood has attracted them. But Tacitus goes on to tell how they lived in villages, and were united in tribes or clans, just like the people of Afghanistan both then and now, or the highland clans till the 18th century. What misled Hobbes is a matter of conjecture, that he was mistaken as certain. It would be contrary to all analogies based on our existing knowledge, that is to say, it would be sheer hallucination, to imagine that, between our cousins the human apes and primitive humanity, who both live in families, there was a different kind of creature in human form, who lived like cats, each for himself, and every man against everybody else. Hobbes himself, if he were alive today, would laugh at that, and in the light of new knowledge he would be the first to allow that, though life in a state of nature has its drawbacks, solitude was never one of them. Civilization is the art of living together, 
and it commenced with family life in immemorial antiquity, before we left the trees, and so that it may be said to be older than humanity itself. End of section 56. Recording by Tatiana Chichilla, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.